This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Jason Lipschutz, and I'm an associate editor and the Pop Shop blog editor of Billboard.com. Based in New York on the other line in Los Angeles is the Wiz Khalifa to my Megan Trainer, Keith Caulfield. How's it going, Keith? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. You know what connects Wiz Khalifa and Megan Trainer? I don't. What is that? They both have songs. That went to number with, one. Well, sure. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. They both have songs with our special guest on today's Pop Shop Podcast, Charlie Puth. Charlie Puth. This is the Pop Shop Puth cast. I've been, I've been waiting for, for days to use that one, man. But yes, that is true. The rumors are true. Charlie Puth is on this week's episode of the Pop Shop Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Welcome. And Keith, you you talked to Charlie Puth, who we're going to get to later in the show, but seems like you guys had a very spirited conversation. Uh, yes, we did. I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you all about that later on in the show. But yeah, I was, I was very pleased to talk to Charlie. He came by the office, and uh, we had a nice long chat. And uh, you'll hear more about that later on in the show. Charlie Puth, of course, the singer on Wiz Khalifa's number one smash, See You Again, as well as his own hit, Marvin Gaye, featuring Megan Trainer. Again, we're, we're going to get to a ton today on the Pop Shop Podcast. We're going to do, be talking about the Hot 100, the Song of the Summer chart. Check back in on that. Uh, some soon-to-be hits from some Pop Shop Podcast favorites. The Meek Mill and Drake beef and see how that's kind of impacted their respective sales. And a big new single from a certain boy band. Before we start, as always, if you love the Pop Shop Podcast like we, like we do, subscribe to it on iTunes so you never, ever miss an episode. Give us a rating or review on iTunes. That way our stats go up and we feel happy and full of joy. If you have any questions for Keith or myself, hit us up on Twitter. He's at Keith underscore Caulfield. I'm at Jason Lipschutz. And if you want to explore all of the Billboard podcasts, go to iTunes.com slash billboard podcasts that's plural keith we have so much to get to today are you ready to rock and roll i hope so yes you hope so yes, i know i, I mean so yes too, i totally am ready Woo! let's go yeah remember remember last last week's like wrestling wrestling uh yeah, we're not language that, that we used <laughs> yeah that hurt my voice a little bit yeah. all right man let's get to it one direction dropped a new single last friday it is called drag me down and it is the first single, both from their fifth studio album and their first single without Zayn. So this is a big deal. This is not a, a, a typical new single for 1D, but a, a special kind of release for them. And, and you know, it, it really dominated the news in the pop world on Friday, uh, July 31st, when it came out. Keith, let's talk about Drag Me Down and what you think of it. What, what, what do you think of uh, Drag Me Down, man? Um, I like it. It's kind of it, it. It's a little different for them. I mean, maybe I could yeah. be. I'm not super. I'm not intimately familiar with all of One Direction's songs. It's just you know, obviously the big hits. But it's a little bit more kind of like light, poppy, vaguely dancey, but not quite dancey. Um, yeah. It has it has kind of to me sort of a reggae-ish vibe. Eh, yeah. Maybe that's just me. Um, but it does. I mean, it sounds like One Direction, but at the same time, it also doesn't sound like One Direction. Um. And I don't know if that's just the zanelessness of it, or if <laughs> if if they're going in a different direction. Because the the people that worked on the song are the same folks that always work on their songs: Julian Bonetta, uh, John Ryan, I think is his name, and um, yeah, uh, Jamie, the other Scott, guy, I think, the, Jamie Scott, Jamie Scott. Yeah, it's the, the same folks that have been like recording and um, writing and producing their stuff for the past couple albums. So, um, 
Yeah, I don't I don't know what exactly makes it sound very different. I don't know. What do you think, Jason? Well, interestingly, uh, none of the the One D Boys has a co-writing credit on this, which is a little different than most of their last album. Four, they usually that you had a lot of input from the guys themselves. They did not write this song, and yeah, I you know I agree with you. It it definitely sounds like them. It does sound a little bit different. Um, I, I think that compared to their last two albums, where they were really kind of going for that update of classic 70s rock arena rock and you heard that especially with something like steal my girl which is just a great song i don't think drag me down is quite as good as their best singles specifically their best lead singles if you think about um you know what makes you beautiful and and live while we're young i I don't think it's there but you know what I, i heard this a bunch on friday when it came out it is so maddeningly catchy i i i think that's the part that everyone kind of overlooks about this song is that the, the chorus is just it gets stuck in your head for so 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 long i think even even more so than something like a what makes you beautiful um it, you know it, it, it's funny you, you said reggae I, I i wrote a review of it on on friday and you definitely kind of hear that that little sting or police guitar riff going on in, in the verses and yeah, I, I think this is a progression for them. I, I definitely do, and and I like where they're headed. I I, I definitely want to hear more from this fifth studio album. And and the other thing I wrote is that you don't really notice that they're missing somebody. They don't they don't sound incomplete. You they they sound like One Direction. You you kind of miss a little bit of that Zane bridge maybe, but I I, I think it's you know it, it's it's the group and and they get by on it. I think uh, you know unlike some some groups. Where and again, this is where I defer to you. I, you know, in my general knowledge of the group, it's not like one of the guys has like, oh, he's the, he's the belter. Oh, he's the powerhouse yeah. voice. Like they're all kind of, um, you know, there's no one that's kind of overshadowing everyone else. Whereas in some other um, vocal groups where all all of the members share vocals, um, there there's oftentimes one person that has a very sort of belty distinctive voice like with the spice girls you know everyone remembers how um uh, sporty spice uh, mel c yeah. had like kind of like the big bombastic like ho- like huge voice um or you know with the group that i love a lot girls aloud in the uk um nadine coyle had like this huge pop voice um I mean, she sounded great with everyone else, but you could clearly pick out Nadine sometimes because she had this huge voice. Um, whereas I think with One Direction, it's a little bit more seamless where you're able to sort of blend the voices a little bit better. And it's not so distracting if maybe one person sits out for a portion of the song. Exactly. And all four members of One Direction have their solo turns on this song. And, you know, I, I totally agree with you because even if you look at someone like or a, a group like Sync, say that not even Justin Timberlake, say they they were down like J.C. Chazé, like say he left really the group. Well, yeah, exactly. Wouldn't yeah, you? because I mean, or were you going to say no? Oh, yeah. You wouldn't notice it. Oh no, no, you can. Like you, you totally would because he was just so integral to so well, many other songs. And also, Justin and JC basically did most of the lead vocals on all their songs. I mean, exactly. they all kind of had lead vocals sometimes, but really, it was just those two. Whereas with One Direction, they all take turns basically through all their songs yeah. for the most part. I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I- exactly. Yeah. So, I think that it kind of you know calmed people down that like oh one direction is not going to be the same group or they're going to be totally different and and you know this sounds even though the the sound and and the texture and is a little bit different than what they were doing on their last album i you know it still sounds like one direction there's a reason Uh, why a group like say the jackson five or the jacksons wouldn't have been able to do what they did without michael yeah exactly yeah no no one Um, no one was checking for those jackson's albums in the 80s that didn't have michael on them be like come on tito is shining on this come on no it was, it was all about michael I, I i totally agree with you man um so so keith um news broke we're, we're recording this on monday uh news broke that drag me down is already setting streaming records specifically on spotify seems like it, its sales uh are going to be pretty huge we don't know yet we'll, we'll talk about that on next week's pop shop podcast uh, It'll be but, huge. I mean, come on. It's One Direction, and it's the first single without Zane. There's no way this won't be like a huge splash on our charts next week. Um, it's already debuted on our, our Pop Songs Airplay chart, uh, the new one that is refreshed on our website today, yeah. Tuesday, uh, the 4th. 
Um, and that was only after three days of airplay. So, um, you know, it's off to a huge start and that's, you know, to be expected, frankly. It definitely seems like there's renewed interest in this single compared to Steal My Girl. I I mean, the, if you could, if you compare this song to the past few One Direction lead singles, Live While We're Young and Best Song Ever both had top five debuts on the Hot 100 chart. Steal My Girl had a top 20 debut, but it wasn't quite the level of excitement and, and buzz that th- those previous two songs had. And, and uh, it'll be interesting to see where Drag Me Down lands on next week's chart. I mean, you know, may- maybe, uh, I mean, what I immediately think of is when the Spice Girls released Goodbye and it didn't have Jerry on it. Um, yeah. And that was their first single, their first proper single recorded without Jerry. And it was... The song was kind of uh, directly referencing, you know, Jerry leaving the group. So, um, yeah. so you know, that's why there was a lot of interest in it. And now, you know, I think the interest is sort of the same, except this song doesn't direct, it's not directed at Zane at all. Um, it's just, a, you know, a new pop song that doesn't have him, have him on it. Yeah, it's kind of like a thank you to the fans. That's how I kind of took it. It's like, hey, you guys are are there for us and because of that nobody can drag us down so meanwhile speaking of zane uh last week came out that he's setting up his own solo career well that that was already out but what came out last week was that he signed with rca records he signed with turn first for his management so it seems like he's making some pretty savvy moves on his own and and the one direction guys are happy for him uh liam was on the radio or, or something uh in the uk i guess talking about how they're happy for Zane, and he was never, never really completely happy with the music that One Direction was doing yeah. or something. So this is really great for him, and they're supportive of him, and he likes their new song, and it's all love all around, which is very good. Keep it, keep it nice and lovable. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. a, it's a love fest, and Zane called this song "Sick" that dragged me down. He was like proud of the boys, so you know, no love lost there. Um, I wait for Zane so- to open for One D next year. <laughs> it's a double bill with Zayn Malik in One Direction on tour. We laugh. That would be something, huh? Yeah, that would be pretty. That'd be pretty crazy. And then he comes out so, for like you know a special moment in the middle of the show, sings a couple songs with One D, and yeah, that'd be wow. There you go, man. I think you just struck a million dollar idea. The, let's get that copyrighted. Yeah. So you heard it here first in the Pop Shop Podcast, long, long, long before it actually happens. So Keith, let's turn to the hot 100 very quickly because it's kind of a slow week on the chart omi cheerleader still number one and in terms of there's no new top 10 debuts and in terms of top 20 uh congrats to demi lovato cool for the summer is now in the top 20 it moves up five spots to number 19 so that song's doing very very well and so keith we'll get to soon be hits in a second but i wanted to check in on this is our first show in august and I wanted to check in on the songs of the summer chart. And we haven't talked about it in a couple weeks, and people are probably wondering, you know, it, unless they've been feverishly checking Billboard.com, as, they, as you should be doing. And you can check you can check Billboard.com today and see the most up-to-date uh, songs of the summer chart, which we compile every week and is sort of a cumulative chart, adding up all the biggest songs of the summer up to this point. Um, yeah. So... When you look at it, you can see just how good Jason and mine's <laughs> predictions will have been. Because I writ- I wrote them down before the show started today just to see how close we are. Oh, you wrote the I, I wrote them down as well. Oh, so good. Let, <laughs> let's let's get to the um. Let's, if if let's I had known that, I wouldn't have done that extra work that made me late today. So ah, oh, hey man, that's fine. It's fine. So <laughs> so. Here are our predictions. We had uh, a couple weeks ago, probably I, I think end of May, we had our Song of the Summer predictions podcast, and we we basically had like this is going to be the top five of the summer end Song of the Summer chart on Billboard.com. So my top five, my my number one was Omi Cheerleader, which is number one right now uh, on the Hot 100, not on the Song of the Summer chart. Yeah, it's in the top five on the Songs of the Summer chart. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll get to so we'll get to that. In a oh, second. okay. Number I'm sorry. But I'm supposed to reveal where these things. Yeah, are yeah, on yeah. The chart. Let's so let's 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 just recap. This is just recapping our predictions from a couple weeks ago. So cheerleader was my prediction for number one. My number two was trap queen. 
My number three was Skrillex and Diplo featuring Justin Bieber, Where Are You Now? Number four, See You Again, with Gleefa and Charlie Puth. Number five, Taylor Swift, Bad Blood. Keith, do you want to break down your, your top five? Yeah, in reverse, my number five was Hey Mama from David Guetta. Number four was Want to Want Me by Jason Derulo. Number three, Bad Blood from Taylor Swift. Number two, Maroon 5. This was this summer's going to hurt like a... And number one was Khalifa, See You Again. So we had we had some overlapping, but we had none of our predictions were in like the same places. We had we had some of the same songs on our our respective list, but none and so a lot of differences there too, which which I like. Yes, and um, we, we, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, well, I don't so, want to say something because I'm going to ruin whatever you're about to say. So I'm going to I'm going to hold right, so, back. So, so let's let's. Uh, I I actually don't know what's what's in the top five right now of the cumulative songs of the summer chart. So so let's let's do it, Keith. Oh, okay. Well, I have the most recent the most recent one that we've actually compiled because we're since we're recording this on Monday, we haven't actually done the new songs of the summer chart for August fifteenth. So I'm actually working from the August eighth one. So if the chart you're looking at online doesn't sync up with what I'm saying, it's because I'm looking at the August eighth chart. And that's what happens when we record this on Monday. Some of the charts actually haven't been finished yet. So. Uh, right now, the number five song of the summer on the August 8th cumulative songs of the summer chart is Walk the Moon, Shut Up and Dance. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. I don't think I don't think we either of us had that as like a runner up. No. So I, I think I, I think that song has just had surprising legs in, in terms of, you know, I, it's listening to the song. It's it's so likable that it, it's not a shock to me that. It was a top 10 hit, but I am surprised that it's, it's hung around for weeks and weeks just because we've talked about it on the show. You don't really see pop rock songs from from basically rock bands do that that much. Yeah, no. And that's why, I mean, it's just one of those songs that is like never say die and it's it's held on yep. for a very long time. So there you go. Um, the number four so far on the August 8th cumulative songs of summer chart is Omi's Cheerleader. Okay, so it's up to number four. Yep. Interesting. Number three is Trap Queen, uh, Fetty Wap. Yeah. There you go. Um, number two is Taylor Swift's Bad Blood. Yep. And number one is See You Again by Wiz Khalifa. So Bad Blood is up to number two. Interesting. So right now, just 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 so you know, uh, three out of your top five are within the top five, and two out of my top five are in the top five. I would say four out of my top five. Oh yeah, you're right. See you again. Damn you. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, we both. <laughs> so took, here's we, the thing. We, we both took crazy leaps with one song in each of our top fives yeah. that is just not going to pan out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because I I had Where Are You Now as my number three, and you know, it, it, a couple weeks ago it entered the top ten. I was like, all right, here we go, here, here it comes. But then it's it's kind of dropped since then. You're like, here and we go, here it comes. God yeah, darn it's it. like watching Justin. watching a horse race basically. It's coming around the bend. Where are you now? In front. Well, two two two. Uh, both Hey Mama and Want to Want Me, which were in my top five predictions, are within the top ten still. Yeah. On the songs of summer chart, they're just not in the top five. Um, the Maroon Five song, man, did that thing just like fizzle out and die? Like, yeah. What whatever happened? Like. That's surprising because even when we, I remember when we talked about that, you you were really confident in that song, and I was just like, yeah, I, I totally get why you're that confident because Maroon Five has is, is just been phenomenal. It, it made sense after 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 they had like th- like th- three huge hits from their last album. Sugar was huge, um, and then before that, they had you know a couple summers ago they did moves like Jagger. And it was the same idea as this summer's going to hurt like a mother because they introduced it on the on the voice. Yeah. Um, uh, there's sort of a racy video. Like I wrote a whole column in Billboard magazine about why this was thing was was like set up to be a big moment, and then it didn't work. And I think part of it is because the song is um, explicit because they're saying yeah. you know ucker with an f. And that's a hard <laughs> thing to say. And so the clean version is this summer's gonna hurt like a mother mother or something like that. And it just doesn't it fl- is, and and I would say it has hurt like a mother mother. It has. Evidently it has. <laughs> anyway, that's enough about Marin Five. It didn't work. All right. So we no, you know what? I, I, I think we kind of both did really well in our predictions so far again the the songs of the summer list is not final the chart i should say we still have a month to go it it looks like um 
you know, uh, some of these songs are going to be in place. I'm sure See You Again is, is going to be in the top five somewhere, if not number one. You had See You Again as number one, so you might be correct in terms of the number one song in the summer. I had more of more of the volume, I guess, because yeah. four of my top five are... are so I, I think we, we're both winners so we're far. We're both winners That's so far, and we still have a month to go before Labor Day happens. You're like, you're One Direction, and I'm Zane, and we're both just... It's, a, it's just a love fest, man. We're both doing well. We're yeah. both shining. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so again, go to Billboard.com to see the updated songs of the summer chart, and we will, I'm sure, be talking about this in the coming weeks on the Pop Jet Podcast Keith, before we move on uh, away from the Hot 100, let's talk about a couple songs that are not in the top 10, not in the top 20, not even in the top 40, but could be headed there soon enough. That's why we call this segment Soon to Be Hits. All right, man, we got two songs on Soon to Be Hits. Actually, two songs from two former guests on the Pop Shop podcast, which is always a lot of fun. Keith, do you want to start? Uh, yeah, I will. Um, I'm actually talking about Little Mix, a UK girl group um, that uh, some folks might be familiar with. They're still kind of under the radar for the most part in America. In the U.S. Um, in yeah. the U.S. Uh, the song that I'm talking about is called uh, Black Magic, which has actually been, I think, number one in the U.K. for the past three weeks. Um, huge song. Yeah. Huge song. And it's, like, super poppy, super fun, super stompy. Um you know, it has a certain, uh, it has some familiarity to it, but at the same time, it's still kind of different enough that it's not like, oh, I've heard this before. It's, I think, you know, it's one of those things where, um, I don't know, just go listen. It's really cool. And if you watch the music video, um, you'll see my alma mater because uh, it was filmed at the University no of way. Southern California. Yep. Uh, it was filmed, I didn't know that. It was filmed at USC. At least portions of it were. Uh, the opening scenes, you'll see them in front of a very sort of campus-looking setting, and that is the School of Philosophy at USC. Um, don't know if the internal shots were at USC. I don't know. I haven't asked anyone at their camp, but it's very obvious it's USC. And the the, the whole video has kind of like a um, more optimistic uh, The Craft vibe to it, if you've seen the movie yeah. The Craft. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not so, not so evil, uh, like some elements of the craft were. <laughs> I actually watched the craft this weekend, so it's very fresh in my mind. For Did some you? Reason. Oh, yeah. cool. I mean, I've seen it before, but I mean, you know, anyway. Yeah. So there you go. There's my, there's my, uh, soon to be hit. Uh, it's a little mix, uh, with Black Magic, which actually, though it's not on the Hot 100 yet, it actually debuts on our Pop Songs Airplay chart this week. So it's off to a good start and could debut on the Hot 100 soon. Little Mix was on the Hot 100 chart previously with their single Wings. Also of note, Little Mix will be performing at our Hot 100 Festival later this month uh, in at Jones Beach, New York. Uh, very excited for that. So, Keith, my soon-to-be hit is someone who was just on the Pop Shop podcast a few weeks ago. B. Miller debuts on the Hot 100 this week with Fire and Gold. Uh, this is a single from her new album, Not an Apology, which actually debuted on the Billboard 200 chart this week. We'll get to that in a second. But this is her best pop rock anthem to date. She previously had a single called Young Blood. I, I like Fire and Gold a lot more. This is this is a song that basically if you're too young, if if you're a if you're a tween or a young teen that, that was too young to remember Kelly Clarkson's run with Since You've Been Gone, this is this is a song that definitely reminds me of that for a new generation and I, I think that you know I'm not sure if this is going to be the one that breaks her through to a mainstream audience to, to top 40 radio but I think it's a very strong single and I uh, can't wait to see what she does with it so there you go B. Miller Fire and Gold number 78 on the Hot 100 chart Little Mix Black Magic on the Pop Songs chart and that was Soon to Be Hits All right, man, speaking of the Billboard 200 albums chart, this is it, it's funny because at the top of last week's show, I was like, we're going to be talking about the Billboard 200 <laughs> albums chart this yeah, week, where uh, we have a new number one, which was Future with Dirty Sprite 2. We actually ran out of time before we could get to it, but Future was number one last week with uh, Dirty Sprite 2, which I think was his first number one album, right? That is correct. Uh, it's pretty it, cool. No, it, it, Love that album. It, oh, it, Dirty yeah. Sprite 2, so good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have a new number one album this week, though, Keith, right? Mm-hmm. It's by Jill Scott. It's called Woman. Um, <laughs> when I see Woman, I just think of the John Lennon song for some reason. Um, it's Jill Scott's second number one album. It debuts atop the Billboard 200 with 62,000 
equivalent album units, of which 58,000 are pure album sales. So it's kind of a soft week on the Billboard 200, you know, kind yeah. of a low overall volume number. Um, it's Jill's second number one. It, it's actually her second number one in a row. Follows her last studio album that debuted at number one. Um, what I found interesting about this is that it's the first time that we've had a um, album by a female R&B artist at number one since January of 2014, when Beyonce's self-titled album was wrapping up its run at number one. Um, wow. And this is the first solo woman to be number one since Kelly Clarkson's Piece by Piece was number one, I think, like back in March. Um, since then, the we've had number ones from female-fronted groups, um, Alabama yeah. Shakes, uh, was number one uh, since Kelly Clarkson, and then uh, Florence and the Machine. Um, but Florence and the Machine is still technically a group, um, even yeah. though it's kind of a Florence Welch sort of thing, but it's still technically a group. So we haven't had a, a solo female at number one since Kelly, and we haven't had a solo female R&B artist, like a pure R&B artist, at number one since Beyonce back in January of 2014. So it's been a, it's been a moment uh, for a number of different things. <laughs> Does that ever does that ever annoy you, Keith? When it's like, and, and you're not sure if it's like a band, super annoying, or if it's just one person with a rotating cast of of instrumentalists. Well, I, I I I don't know. That always kind of gets under my skin a little bit. Well, the Florence Welch thing and Florence and the Machine, like it still advertises Florence and the Machine. It's just like when you yeah. buy their new album, the front of the cover says Florence, and it has a huge just picture of Florence Welch. Yeah, uh, and so it's kind of like, well, is this is the machine like really? Is there really a a, a band? Of is people? there a machine at all? Is there actually a machine, or is this kind of like Al City is just one dude? Um, yeah, you know, it's, I, I mean, but clearly you there's always, a machine. Yeah. There's a band that's backing her, and that it's kind of like maybe Prince and the Revolution, where like Prince is the main show, the attraction back in the '80s. But you know that there is a group named the Revolution behind him, but. Even then, you know, it's like, oh, it's Wendy, it's Lisa. You know the, who they are. But I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Do you know who the band is behind Florence? Do you know who the machine are? Like, are they of note? Yeah. Like, it's, it, it always, I always think about that with like the Shins, which are, which is just James Mercer and a uh, rotating cast of, of, uh, accompanists but yeah i'm always just like is this a band is this a guy like i, I it don't makes know. It, it, it makes it difficult for people like me when, when i want to like have like something very cut and dry and talk about like chart statistics um and it like sometimes it just muddies the waters when you want to say like well you know like especially this is wow i'm just like diving into the rabbit hole um <laughs> and then i'll shut up like when we talk about stuff like um like you know, full length debut albums or debut albums or their first release. It's like, okay, well, they had like a bunch of mixtapes that came out independently. Oh, they had an independent album. Oh, this is their major label full length debut, their major label yeah. debut EP. They're for, I'm like, oh my God. I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I love it. I live it because I write about this stuff every day, but sometimes it is super annoying. Yes. Well, you know what's funny is, and this is the last thing we'll say about this, is that uh, Grace Potter of Grace Potter and the Nocturnals is putting out an album under Grace Potter, which I guess is similar to when Selena Gomez had Selena Gomez in the scene, well, there was but a then scene lost though. the scene, and then... You know, I kind of I kind of hope that like we, we always joke in the office that like the scene should link up with uh, the ambassadors, Nick Jonas's old band, and and make a like the administration, a, the scene, and the, the oh, I, I, what did I say? Uh, the ambassadors. The, ambassadors. Yeah. <laughs> the administration. Excuse me. Yeah, uh, that we should that we should have a the scene and the administration album of just being like. Hey, we're bands too. It's uh, well, I, th- um, I think I think sometimes that like the the sort of the, the band like sort of had this air like it would give the the kind of poppy artist like an air of legitimacy. Um, it's like yeah. Nick Jonas and the administration, Selena Gomez and the scene. I'm like, I'm like <laughs> Nick it's Jonas like she's like the, the front woman for like a rock band. I'm like, well, that in it, that on just face value is kind of silly. Um, yeah. I mean, sorry, go ahead and hate me, but I mean, it just it, it just seems so odd at the time. Like, at least with Nick Jonas, it, it sort of made sense because he was so musical and like you know he played so many instruments and he was part of a band. Where Selena Gomez seemed even like weirder, but whatever. Now, now we've no, I totally agree. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, Matt. Well, before we uh, also B Miller, you mentioned it makes a top ten debut. Yes, her uh, album "Not on Apology," her first her first full link studio album. <laughs> debuts at number seven on the billboard 200 i say that because she's previously been on the chart with an ep came out a year ago so 
Very true. Congrats to B. Miller. Uh, so, so Keith, before we get to Charlie Puth, let's talk a, a little bit about this Meek Mill and Drake feud. And, you know, we uh, a lot of the blogs out there have been obsessed with this over the past two weeks or so, uh, ever since Meek went on Twitter and called out Drake for ghostwriting. And then uh, various diss tracks came out and more people got into the fray. And, and anyway... Keith, what I want to focus on is, is just the chart aspect of this and, and the sales aspect of this. And I'm always curious as to, like, do feuds like this really benefit anyone from a commercial standpoint? Because, you know, you, you hear Meek Mill's name uh, a ton just in conversation and on social media, but are, are people actually buying more Meek Mill music? I, I'm curious about this. Not really. Um, Not really. <laughs> no. Um, I, I searched. Um, there's, there's a couple sort of happy uh, things to report in terms of chart statistics. Um, uh, Rico, do you say Rico? Is it R-I-C-O? R-I-C-O. R-I-C-O. What does that stand for? Should I know that? I should probably know that, shouldn't I? Is it something horribly um, dirty? Is that, is that why it's an acronym? I will tell you. I'll tell you offline. No, okay. Oh, dear. This is like trying to describe what truffle butter is, right, on a podcast. It's for a family audience. Um, I didn't know what that was until someone told me. I'm like, oh, I love this song. And they're like, you know what this is? And I'm like, oh, God, do I really know what they told me? And I'm like, oh, God, I really didn't know what I um, So uh, RICO, uh, which is uh, the Meek Mill and Drake song, actually hits the top 40 of the Hot 100 this week, uh, reaching the top 40 for the first time. So... Oh, there you go. So together, they are still strong as a team, uh, Meek Mill and Drake. Uh, uh, neither of their albums, though, the sales are increasing, so no one's buying really... Uh, I mean, maybe maybe the, the decline of Meek Mill's album is being held up a little bit better because Meek Mill just came out a few weeks ago, so it's really yeah. hard to kind of compare it. Drake's album isn't really increasing anything. Of course, his album has been out for months now, so... Mm. Um, in terms of tracks... It's 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 not really impacting any of these songs in terms of like substantial sort of real um, like hard sales metrics or airplay. What's what is happening though is because a lot of this beef exists in the social realm and it hasn't really expanded outside of that to the average person that would care outside of their core fan base and core music fans and core hip hop heads. So therefore, we've seen them actually have a lot of traction on our. Uh, Billboard and Twitter top tracks chart, which measures the most um, shared and talked about songs that are on Twitter. Um, Meek Mill's uh, "Wanna Know" debuts at number six on the top tracks chart. Uh, Drake's "Back to Black" debuts at number three, um, and Drake's "Charged Up" actually falls three to five in its second week on the chart. Um, "Back to Black" and "Charged Up," by the way, were both released commercially um, uh, on July thirty first, so we'll actually have sales of those two singles. Um, in the next week. So right now, the chart action is really kind of confined to the Twitterverse and the social world um, because that's kind of where the beef primarily makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it, it makes sense. And, you know, you obviously didn't really see an uptick when Nicki Minaj and Taylor Swift had their kind of Twitter spat, although saw, that was a lot We saw a huge shorter. social surge. Like on our Social 50 yeah. chart, all of those people, even Ed Sheeran and Bruno Mars, who had their fake fight, um, chart, all yeah. had a big gain. But that, again, that was basically confined to the social sphere. Yeah. Um, to to clarify, Rico isn't or R I C O isn't anything like dirty. It's it's just like a more complicated thing. Okay. Um. And we, yeah, we'll we'll get into that. You're, you're like it's not travel butter, Keith. So don't immediately <laughs> go there. All right, man. We got to get to Charlie Puth. So Charlie Puth stopped by the Pop Shop Podcast. I'll I'll let you introduce yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah. You guys, the Puth you guys the the Puth man, the man known as Puth. Uh, Charlie. Puth. I want the Puth man. I want the Puth. Even if I can't handle the Puth. <laughs> oh, I was like, where's that going? Oh, that's where it's going. Yeah, Charlie Puth came by the office here in Los Angeles um, like uh, two weeks ago when he was on tour with Megan Trainer here in Los Angeles. And I've said here in Los Angeles now three times. Just thought I'd say it one more time. Um, he was very cool. Came by. We talked for a little while about lots of stuff. We talked about 
Um, obviously, the undying appeal of uh, See You Again. We talked a little bit about him working with Lil Wayne and shooting a music video with him on their new single that came out a couple weeks ago. Um, talked about uh, he did some beatboxing for me, which was pretty cool and it was like amazing. So I'm like, how are those sounds coming out of your mouth? Because I can't. It doesn't make any sense. It was just really cool. Um, and we talked a little bit about um, his new album that he's working on. It's going to come probably in the fall. So. Yeah, we talked about a whole heck of a lot of stuff. And so did you want to introduce him now, Jason? <laughs> yeah, man. No, I'm, I'm excited. Here is Charlie Puth on the Pop Shop Podcast. Welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast, Charlie Puth. Hello. I'm and glad to be here. Today we will call it the Billboard Puth Shop Poothcast, <laughs> just for you only. <laughs> It's actually kind of been like a running theme on our show, like ever since See You Again went to number one, because we talk about the charts every week. Right. And we're like, number one again, Wiz this Khalifa this, featuring This Charlie stupid Poof. asshole, he took the spot again. Yeah, no, we haven't said that. Okay. We like, we, but, but it's like, that Charlie Puth, that Wiz Khalifa, when is the song going to not be number one? As much as we love the fact that it's number one. Yes. Um, But at some point, you must have been just like, really, is this going to be number one forever? Like, Well, I'm just, I, I was just blown away by the fact that every every week that it would become number one number like, one for 12 weeks number 12 weeks yeah crazy like after the seventh week i'm like okay it's done eighth week all right now it's done ninth week okay now it has to be done it's yeah just like, no it wouldn't stop it's still in the top three actually on the chart yes yeah but that's good because now at this point you could probably buy a house or two <laughs> hopefully just retire for a maybe if my dad doesn't you know just make me put it all in my bank account and you just... should you should really invest wisely right now yeah yeah Real estate. Real estate. Yeah. yeah. So do you have to really take care of your voice to make sure that you aren't talking too much? Like with me right now, I feel kind of bad that we're talking so much. If no. It's going to screw up your performance. No, it's not. Uh, what's What's really interesting about me is that I listened to a lot of James Taylor growing up, mm-hmm. and James's voice is literally the same as when he started because he's a uh, nose singer. So when you hold my nose, and I'll tell you all about it when I come along. Like, I can't sing at all when you hold my nose. So if I lost my nose, I can't sing. But That would be bad. It would be bad. Yeah. I don't want to lose my, my huge honker. Um, it's but not like, that big. It's a normal size nose. I think it's pretty sizable. Really? Yeah, it's like it has this rounded edge to it. Yeah, well, okay. If you think it's weird looking, though, it actually fits with your face. It's like it gives you some. Uh-huh. It gives you more character. Well, thank you. I, I feel better about so myself. It's not awkward or anything. Yes. Um, <laughs> but no, just, but, that's, but that's interesting because, you know, sometimes people talk about you know, like, oh, this one thing on my face, this one thing on my body. I'm like, well, sometimes that one thing that you think is weird is actually the thing that gives you a little bit of extra character and kind of makes you stick out for some reason. Like my eyebrow. Um, like your eyebrow. Yeah, it got, um, people think that I shave it. It's actually a dog bite. Yeah, that's the, it's funny, like, uh, when I talked to you at the Billboard Music Awards on the red carpet, mm-hmm. and in my head, I'm like, oh, I want to ask him about his eyebrow, because you couldn't tell that it was, I just mm-hmm. thought it was sort of a cool thing you shaved in there. Yeah. And then when I, when you came up and I saw your eyebrow, I'm like, not going to ask him, it's clearly a scar. Oh. We'll move on. Well, I, you're the first to identify it as a scar. By the way, I had, I was so not stressed out on that billboard uh red carpeted at all you weren't no not at all i was totally confident you might be lying just a little bit no screaming fans and people pushing me everywhere that was fun was that the first like big like award show like red carpet thing you had done no i actually had a lot of fun on that that was my yeah that was my first uh big one i always feel weird at those red carpets because i'm I'm still like sinking in that people like want to talk to me i'm like why do these people want to talk to me i'm just from new jersey i'm just like a singer that's good keep that yeah keep thinking that i don't think that's ever gonna go away though i don't think that everyone's like oh just give it one year charlie you're gonna feel yourself i'm like no i'm I'm not is that like an impersonation of your family no that's like an impersonation of like like a a person a real like a really dumb person right who was like like jealous of me or something sort like that. Sort of an that. amalgamation of dumb people that have said that to you. Yeah, they yeah. do lose voice. This, you got a lot of voices. I do. You do. You do. It's, it's basically just like, oh, that voice and little stupid voice and Charlie voice, which is this. And singing Charlie, which is, ha, ha, ha. 
I want to ask about stuff that you're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're working on a solo album. I am. The full I, length. I finished writing all the songs, too. I'm, uh, every time I get off stage, I produce a little bit of every song on my... Uh, I'm producing the record, too. Well, you, you co-produced See You Again and co-wrote yeah. it, so yeah. that would make sense. Yes. And um, I produced Marvin Gaye and um, the next single after that. And, um, yeah, it's just it's fun for me to... Uh, like do the live stuff and then kind of have my mini studio and my mini microphone and uh, uh, just get right to it. Like on the bus, there's like a little mini studio? On the bus um, or um, in the dressing room. I just have, it's just a laptop. And uh, you know, I went to school to learn how to... Berkeley School of Music. Berkeley School of Music to like learn how to record with like the most expensive recording equipment, of course. <laughs> I just use like like waves and uh, like a small laptop and a, t- and a microphone like this to record. It, these are these are very high quality microphones. They're very they're like cute microphones. They're, they're like cute. I'm gonna record your voice and that's all I'm gonna do today. <laughs> Those voices. Um, what, do is there any sort of timeline of when we might actually um, get this album? I and also I understand how this works. We shouldn't actually say a date. Oh yes, that will completely change in like three days. Yes, but the hope is like before the end of the year there could be an album maybe fall the fall end of the year. Sometime, yeah. be, sometime before Christmas. F- sometime before Christmas for the for the kids for the holidays. Um, have you announced what the next single is after Marvin Gaye? I don't think you really should because Marvin Gaye is still working up the charts. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. good advice. So <laughs> good job. So no, not yet. Yeah. Just in case you had already said it somewhere. Yeah. I was giving the opportunity to say no, no. We've already said what it is. We've shot the video. Oh uh, no, um, no. Marvin Gaye is like it jumped like twelve spots on iTunes today. Now it's like number eighteen. So. It's getting exciting. It's yeah. it's really like everyone's starting to like know it. I, I I play it on stage and I'm like, does anybody know this song? And I sing. Let's and everyone goes. Ah, I know this song. That's that's my that's the uh, the crowd. Right. That's the crowd. That, that's the crowd voice. That's the crowd voice. <laughs> does Megan come out for that song too, or just it's just so you do a solo version? What I do, I I she 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 would be getting um, ready for her set, so I I beatbox her part. <laughs> And um, and during her set, she's like she sings that part that I beatboxed, uh-huh. and then I come back out, and she says, "Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Charlie Puth." And then I go, whoa, whoa, "Whoa!" And I sway my body from left to right, and I'm like, I look really cool. You, and you look really cool. Yeah. You know, it's funny the uh, the beatboxing that you just did. There was an Instagram video that you posted, mm. um, and a lot of the comments it was you beatboxing. And a lot of the comments were like, is that really him doing it? Because when you watch, you're like, that that's him, like, lip syncing to someone else. You're like, no, no, no. I, for Clearly. List, people listening, he just did that, and it was really yeah. weird, what but you cool do, to see it happen. I'm like, he just did that. What you do cool. is you hum, like, hmm, 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 and then, hmm, 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 and then just, just, that's the kick, and the clap is, and the snares, and the dubstep snares, yeah, the little tail on the end of and what I do is on every drum, little bit of drum programming, I layer the beatbox into the drums on like, like on some type of love. You can hear me going, put that on, pan that on the left, do another one, pan that on the right, one in the middle, and like you know, layer the snare a little bit, and it because that you have the drum air already, and then you put the. Uh, the extra kicks, and then uh, I'm just going on producer talk right now. No, no, this, this is this is how this is why you do what you do, and this is why I sit behind a computer and type things about charts all day. And the, you know. I'm, I would be very bad at that. I'm a very unorganized person, which it's is good why that I you have. you know you you know your lane. You you know exactly yes. what you're good at doing. We, we're good at what we do. It's, it's good. Yeah. High five for good at what Ooh, we do. Yeah. nothing but trouble. We just got back from uh, filming the, um, the the video in Miami. That was a fun day. Um, Wayne stayed for the entire time. We were on a spinning circle, about maybe a little bit bigger than this. Um, I'm super excited. I think it was like the most added uh, song to Rhythmic. Yeah, it's doing well. Yeah, I'm very excited it's about that. It's off to a very good start. And what's cool about that record is I wrote that a year ago with a chorus, and that's how my publisher found me off that song, playing on SoundCloud. And I wrote it when my friend was dating an Instagram model, and she was being very rude, very mean to him. Uh, 
So I was like, these Instagram models are nothing but trouble. And you wrote a song, and and then I put made that the lyric. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. What what is it, it, it? When 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 Lil Wayne recorded his part of the song, he wasn't with you when he did his part. No. Like you sent it off to him, he did it somewhere else. So was this the first time that you'd actually spent any sort of significant time with him? Or yes. like, yeah, at the video, at the video, yeah. That was the first time you had met him. Met him, yeah. Was that weird? Like, hey, thanks for doing. Hey, it's cool to work together. Nice to meet you. It's cool right away. The first thing he said was, "Kilt that shit, man." And I was like, "Oh, thank you, Mr. Wayne." <laughs> thank you, yeah. Mr. We were wearing. Little. We were wearing. Thank you, Mr. Little, and we were wearing uh, matching watches. Very cool, man. That was that was a good chat. I I, I uh, I'm I'm happy we got Charlie on the on the show and. You know, see you again, number one on our songs of the summer chart, as we just mentioned, and uh, now he's on. Now he's a pop shop podcast vet. He's got he's got a very um he's got a very uh, specific kind of sense of humor, um and it you I immediately kind of like jived with him because he has like kind of like this wry dry kind of like sarcastic sense of humor, um where he's not taking anything too seriously, and so if that comes across in the interview, a lot of it was just like this sort of like 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 joke after joke after joke, and at one point I'm like are you actually being serious? Like, eh, not really. I'm like, oh, okay, just making sure. Because <laughs> um, there was just a lot of, like, like goofiness that was happening. But he was great, and, um, yeah, we had a nice time. It was it was great to, to talk to him, and much success to him. Very cool, man. All right, we got to wrap this up. But before we do, it's time for your Char Stat of the Week. Okay, you know, this week, in 1973, on August 4th, um, it... it a song went to number one on the Billboard Hot 100 that kind of combines uh, two great loves of mine. Uh, one, um, uh, movie songs, uh, and two, disaster films. Uh, because this oh. week, in you, wait, you're wait, 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 whoa, 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 you're 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 a big disaster film guy. Oh yeah. Really? Like, like what? Can you give me, like, just can you give me, I'm sorry to derail your charts of the week no, before no, no, you no. got going. But. I mean, like, I love, like, The Towering Inferno, and I love, you know, uh, you know uh, and, I mean, I like Independence Day for what it is. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, I, I love the kind of, like, you know, silly disaster films where, you know, who's going to survive, how are people going to die, you know, just... <laughs> Just, Dante's you know, Peak, man. I love the volcano movies. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan. How can you go wrong? Um, Deep Impact, uh, which I think is still you know great. I never actually saw Armageddon. I think I was more of a Deep oh, Impact guy. I know if I say I love disaster films, oh. and I haven't seen Armageddon, but dude, um, like I was just gonna say, like Armageddon is probably my favorite disaster movie. It's just so good. Well, um, so this week in 1973, The Morning After by Maureen McGovern went to number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Now, The Morning After was the uh, was was sort of the theme song from the movie The Poseidon Adventure. There's got to be a morning after. Um, and she's, she's I believe, she's the, sort of the lounge singer um, in the, the scene where it's New Year's Eve on the big uh, fabulous luxury cruise ship and she's singing, and then, you know, well, the tidal wave shows up, and the bu- the boat flips over, and, you know, it's, you know, how do they get out of this boat that's now capsized in the middle of the ocean? A whole bunch of people die, yada, yada. Anyway, the song <laughs> went to number one on the Billboard Hot 100, and, you know, what's really interesting about her career is that most of the songs that we know of Maureen McGovern are actually tied to films, um, and I'm grabbing a list because uh, I want to tell you what these films are. And that's why you hear like shuffling in the in the room. Um, I like this. She also um, had a hit from the Towering Inferno. It was called We May Never Love Like This Again. Uh, didn't go to number one. It went to number 83. However, it actually won the Academy Award for Best Original Song, as oh, did, really? as did The Morning know. After. So she was kind of like a good luck charm to a certain degree for people who wanted to win an Academy Award, have Maureen McGovern sing it. Um, she also had later hits with Can You Read My Mind uh, from the movie Superman, uh, starring Christopher yeah. Reeve, and uh, a song called Different Worlds from the TV series Angie. So she was kind of, you know, Call up Maureen McGovern if you need someone to do a, a song. And most of her songs <laughs> that charted on the Hot 100 were all from like a movie or a TV show. So, anyway, there's your random chart set of the week this week in 1973. I love it, man. Maureen McGovern hit number one with The Morning After. 
Thank you, Keith, for your Char Stat of the Week. I love I love when I when we learn about each other on the Pop Show podcast. When we that's, worry that's about my one favorite another? thing. When we worry. When we learn when we learn about one another. Oh yeah. See, I, like, I had no idea you were a disaster flick guy. Well, that's I mean, cool. I, like I even like that stupid. Oh, what was it? Twenty twenty one, twenty twenty. No, what? Twenty eleven. Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. See, I say how like how big of a disaster person film a person, and then I can't even name the the name oh, of it. Oh, do you like um, the day after tomorrow? Oh, so that's great. It's it. I always like to reference that one because you know it's like save me from the ice, save me from the cold. It's getting. <laughs> you can actually see the weather. The weather is running after them down a hallway in a library. Like the books are getting cold. <laughs> so awesome. <laughs> and also, it's my just, favorite part. Of, my favorite part of that movie is that. Uh, Dennis Quaid is is stuck in Philadelphia, and then his son Jake Gyllenhaal is stuck in New York, and he's like, and Dennis Quaid's like, I guess we have to walk to New York from Philadelphia, and they do it in like two days. Like it's like no no big deal. My, just walk. My running <laughs> gag is that you know I like to just say like whenever like it's getting too cold or like the weather is starting to get really weird, and we talk about global warming a lot. I always like to just say, save me, Jake. Save me, Jake. The day after tomorrow. Save me, Jake. It's just like hashtag save me, Jake. Um, is, well, I mean, oh, come on. Jake Gyllenhaal in a disaster film. And come on. So good. That's awesome. All right, man. We, we got to go. Uh, that was a uh, fun Pop Shop podcast. And once again, if you, if you like the show, subscribe to us on iTunes so you never, ever miss an episode. We will be back next week with a, another fun guest. Excited for this one. And Keith, do you have any parting words? I do. Happy birthday to ya. Jason, it's your birthday. Oh, thanks, man. Hey, yeah. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, August 4th, it is my birthday. So thanks, Keith. I appreciate that. Uh, Feel free I'm, to edit uh, that out if you actually don't want me to reveal that it's your birthday today. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> Take that um, out if you wanna. You can edit it if you wanna. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Let's go out on a I Don't Want to Miss a Thing from one of my favorite disaster movies, Armageddon. Thanks for listening and take care. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.